All right, everybody. Good morning. This is the Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm not sure it's a good morning from everybody in the NFL this week. Uh, I can think of one seat or one turkey that's going to be pretty well cooked coming into this week, Wiz, and that is the, uh, the old seat of Matt Patricia. Woo! <laughs> How'd you like to be setting up for that? Do you know that the Detroit Lions, Wiz, did not enter the red zone yesterday against the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, I mean, um, a, lo- a lot of things were going on in that game. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, a little like Carolina literally had the ball <clears throat> the entire game. Um, uh, I didn't end up, seeing, uh, end up seeing what the time of possession was for the game. It looked like Carolina had the ball all the time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, talked about this from day one. The Lions are a different team without Kenny Galladay. And not only without Kenny Galladay, without <clears throat> DeAndre Swift as well. So uh, missing their, you know, two biggest keys as far as, you know, moving the ball down the field. And uh, and the other guys are kind of complimentary guys. And, uh yeah, so I, w- I was surprised to see them get shut out, but uh, I wasn't surprised, you know, that they, they lost the game. And there just needs to be a lot of changes made with the Lions and, uh, and a bunch of other teams as well. Yeah, and we'll get on to talking about the Lions in some detail because we'll cover the three games that are being played on uh, Thanksgiving. And the Lions have their traditional game. This year will be against the Houston Texans. Uh, I know uh, Deshaun Watson must be very excited about uh, that one. Uh, but, yeah, a, lo- a lot of stuff happened yesterday, some – some very entertaining games, uh, some unfortunate uh, incidents, and I think the most unfortunate one, you know, given given what we've seen uh, from from the rookie quarterback from the Cincinnati Bengals, the number one draft pick this year, Joe Burrow, and you know that injury right away. You know, you you could just see it was not it was not good, um, and and certainly the impact of that, how it, how it how it will affect the skill players. Uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals kind of moving through the rest of the year with Ryan Finley. And you hate to see it happen because I think Burrow has been really good as a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be remiss and, and not mention the other rookie quarterback, and that's Justin Herbert. But both of these guys, week in and week out, have come to play, uh, have been really competitive in terms of keeping their key teams involved each and every week. Um, and they've been fun to watch. And unfortunately, we will not be seeing any of Joe Burrow. Uh, probably will not see him to start next season either because the timing of this injury is not particularly good. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, he was having a terrific season and, uh, is having a terrific game. I mean, they were moving the ball up and down against the uh, Washington football team, or uh, you know, uh, definitely an above-average defense. And uh, so we hate to see that happen to the player. I hope um, a full recovery and he's able to make it back uh, for the start of uh, <clears throat> next season. Uh, I guess with the timing of that, that you know, could be kind of tricky. But um, we'll have to see if you know if that is the case. But. Uh, Oh, sadly, you know, you move on in fantasy football. And um, if you have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, um, A.J. Green, it's a big, big, big downgrade. Um, Tyler Boyd uh, and T. Higgins really go from must-starts to, you know, I don't want to say must-sits, but um, you have to consider benching those players until you really see what it looks like and uh, – and how it plays out, but certainly uh, a negative um, stance as far as the skilled receivers for the uh, for the for the Bengals. 
Yeah, and I'd say the one most interesting thing coming out, you know, you spoke about this particularly coming into week number 11, and that was the NFC East. You thought there was a chance that all three teams could win their games. I thought you had a great call on, on that Minnesota Viking-Dallas Cowboy game. Um, we were, you know, we were both on the receivers. You happened to have Thielen. I had Jefferson. Thielen had a monster, monster game. Two more touchdowns for him. He has caught a touchdown on 20% of, 22% of his catches this year. Just a, just a tremendous season from Adam Thielen. And Jefferson's been an, an exciting rookie. But, you know, you talked about those games. Once again, it's the third week in a row. The Cleveland Browns playing in the muck and mire uh, on Lake Erie. A, a lousy, lousy day once again. And, even more lousy for Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Um, they find themselves atop that division at 3-6-1. and one. There will be one team from the NFC East that will have four wins starting on uh, Thanksgiving Day, and that will be either the Dallas Cowboys or the Washington football team, unless, of course, that game ends up in a tie. But those two teams are squaring off against one another, so that should be very, very interesting on Thanksgiving. Giants got to watch all this on, on a week off, so the NFC East is wide open once again, Wiz. Yeah, I mean, you know, the good thing about these podcasts is they're, you know, out there for all to listen to. And uh, I predicted it. I, you know, I predicted that the Cowboys are going to win this game. And uh, and then all of a sudden go from being, like, completely out of it to being, playing for first base, uh, first place on Thanksgiving against the Washington football team. I'm not surprised. This is the Vikings' M.O. Every, you know, whenever they look like they're about to turn it around, they play at home and they're a good favorite at home against the Falcons and they lose a good home against the, a good a good favorite at home against the Cowboys and lose. So I was not surprised. Uh, I predicted, you know, which would be an incredible parlay that all three NFC East teams would win. And the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles clearly outplayed the Browns in that game. They literally handed them the game. You know, Miles Sanders had had horrible fumbling issues at Penn State. And then last season, he, he did very, very well as a rookie. He really didn't cough the ball up much. Like, it seemed like his security with the ball, it, you know, was gotten better. Like, he learned to hold on to the ball, his technique. And then they drive right down the field, and he, you know, fumbles the ball at the five-yard line. And, boy, they were just moving the ball down the field against the Browns and uh, – the Eagles' defense played terrific. They, they, you know, Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders. And I don't know if you were to join me on the Carson Wentz uh, opinion, but I mean, how could you just, how could anybody have any confidence in that player? I mean, some of it is due to poor offensive line play, but he makes poor decisions week in, week out. And um, as you know, I'm not a, a big fan of Carson Wentz. No, I know that, and I think the line certainly has been an impact, but at the same time, his decision-making has been absolutely terrible. Uh, and, and really not being able to get met, met any of their receivers really involved in this particular game, Dallas Goddard was the one guy that's shown. We both liked him this week, and, and he had a really good effort. Um, but nonetheless, you know, the Eagles are really looking behind the eight ball. And I think, you know, going back to the Cowboys – you know, there's a reason why Andy Dalton was brought brought here, and you know, quite frankly, he got kind of thrust into things in in the first week he was there. Then he gets hurt very quickly, not really able to assimilate himself into this offense. But the skill players definitely look better. Ezekiel Elliott going over 100 yards for the first time this season. So, 
You know, the Dallas Cowboys have to feel good coming into this game, and I think they have a potential here to you know step up and, and in this division and, and kind of take the lead here because the Eagles do not look like a playoff team right now. Washington gets uneven performances. That defense continues to play very, very well. Like I said, the Giants, you know, the, the Giants, by the way, do come into this week with a little bit of controversy. I, I do overall think that Joe Judge has done a very nice job with this team. The team has been quite competitive, but a little bit of scandal there where he fired the offensive line coach, where this is a team that the offensive line has been a work in progress. They've started to make some strides, and then uh, a disagreement between Judge and Mark Colombo, and uh, Colombo finds himself on the street looking for work. So we'll have to see how that impacts this team. But the Giants have been involved in almost every single game. And, you know, it's interesting now. The Bengals become a big part of the equation here. You know, with Joe Burrow, would have been really competitive games. I think Cincinnati plays each team in this division to finish out the season, w- with the exception of the Eagles. So it'll be quite interesting to see how that squares up with, with, with you know, in this division because – the Bengals will come in much weaker with Ryan Finley at quarterback. And, you know, the, the matchups for the teams that will be playing the Bengals, they'll be licking their chops a little bit more against this Bengals, a uh, bit more of a toothless offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, yes, the one team that already played the Bengals was the Eagles, and uh, that was that amazing, electrifying, breathtaking tie ball game. Um so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, playing against the Bengals without Joe Burrow gives those other teams um, a, a real chance there. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, like, I, I really predicted that the Cowboys were going to come out of that bye week and kind of Elliott uh, maybe healed up a little bit. And, uh, boy, do I love me some C.D. Lamb. That catch he made. Yeah, tremendous. I mean, <laughs> tremendous. I mean, the, the degree of difficulty, I mean – yeah, I mean, I don't want to stop forecasting my 2021 predictions yet, but you can rest assured C.D. Lamb will be um, very highly ranked on my draft board as far as wide receivers next year. He also made a, he made a big return in that game, too. I thought that was a tremendous... Yeah, he was, he, they were usually like giving him end-the-rounds, reverses, a tricky play that they did with a two-point conversion where he handed it to Elliott who like ran the option with C.D. Lamb and flipped it to him. I mean... He's just one of these guys that he's a dynamic player. So, yeah, I, I love CeeDee Lamb. And, uh, yeah, so that division. But just talking about some of the other games yesterday, you know, uh, one of the most interesting games yesterday was the most interesting game by how it started and how it finished was the Raven-Titan game with the Titans standing uh, in the middle of the field um and, and, you know, and, and the Ravens taking exception to that. Not really the Ravens, but, like, John Harbaugh coming out there and, you know, mixing it up with Rabel. And, uh, boy, oh, boy. You know, Lamar Jackson did the same thing in this game that he did in the game at home against the Steelers. They had the lead in the game. This one was late in the third. They were up by eight points. And the game against the Steelers, they had maybe even a double-digit a two-score point, uh, two-score uh, lead against. It was ten or more against the Steelers, and he threw just an awful interception against the Steelers. And Duvernay was not open. The play wasn't there, and he just threw the ball. And you know, instead of the, the continuing to drive and really, you know, go up by two scores and and you know into the fourth quarter and win the game, kind of gave the Titans uh, a shot in the arm and. Uh, they ended up winning that game, and the physicality that A.J. Brown showed on that touchdown reception and the physicality that 
Derrick Henry showed in the overtime in the end of the fourth quarter. That was the difference between the two teams. I mean, I never thought I would see the day where the Ravens at home would kind of get bullied. But the Ravens at home got bullied by the Titans from the start of the game to the end of the game. Yeah, I think I think that's well said. I, you know, the, really interesting the way that kind of, like you said, the beginning of the game, how everything went, went on. And, yeah, I thought the Brown play was just incredible, just the effort there. Yeah, just just truly remarkable. I still think they do not involve the player enough. However, yesterday he made a couple of very key drops, unfortunately, in that ball game, um, and he has dropped a few balls the last few weeks. But he made up for it with that play at the end of that game. And the the, the remarkable inconsistency from, from from Lamar Jackson and this passing offense is is you know worth mentioning because. You know, right now, I mean, I dropped Marquise Brown in a couple of leagues. I mean, he had no catches yesterday. Uh, I think he was thrown two, three times. It, really terrible to see that. And, and by the way, the, the, the Tennessee Titans do not have a good secondary. This is not a strong secondary. I think every defense the Ravens faces from here on out uh, is kind of weak in their defensive secondary. So Lamar Jackson's going to have to get this thing figured out one way or another. One thing the Ravens have figured out is that J.K. Dobbins is going to be their lead back for the rest of the year. Uh, and he showed that, I, I think, with, with amazing, amazing skill yesterday, a couple of really hard runs, catches, d- did everything. But I think that that torch has been passed. You know, if you have Dobbins now kind of moving through the rest of the year, you got to be very comfortable starting that player. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it's taken them too long to get out of that three-man committee. Uh, so it looks like Dar- Dobbins will, you know, be, be part of it. But aside from that theme route to Andrews, it, there's no there's no consistency with the Ravens' passing game whatsoever. It's like yeah, it's those bad. guys, you know, Boykin and 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 Marquis Brown and Duvernay and even Des Bryant, like. You know, they don't even exist. Like, you don't even see them on the field. So, like, okay, like, okay, we get it. You know, you, that, that you got that team pass, and it works beautifully to Mark Andrews. Uh, but other than that, uh, he has trouble throwing other passes. And uh, I don't know. It just it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't look right in uh, the Ravens' defense either. I mean, just to get bullied um, <laughs> at, at home, um, you know, it, it didn't seem it didn't seem uh, you know too good uh, from start to finish for them. And uh, you know, the game and they by the way they get the, they get the Steelers on Thursday. They get the Steelers on Thursday. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a terrific game. That's the last game. That's the Thursday night game, right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yep. So the, the game last night was a terrific ball game, and it looks like the Raiders like um, really have a good idea of what Kansas City wants to do, um, especially when the Raiders have the ball. And like on, on when, when Kansas City has the ball, you know, it looks like they want to make them short pass, short pass, short pass, and, and move that way up down the field. And when they have the ball on offense, it looks like it's a good game plan. Like we want to take four or five, six minutes off the clock every single time. I mean, Kansas City was only getting the ball once or twice a quarter because they were making the Chiefs moves methodically and they were having long drive after drive after drive. So I'll tell you, I think Kansas City matches up better against some of the other teams in the AFC. Uh, it looks like the Raiders have a good game plan for what they want to do against Kansas City. The problem is number 15. And if you give him the ball, it doesn't matter like how much time is left or how many yards he has to go. 
they're going to beat you. And uh, that last drive was like precision. I mean, it was just, they were just down that field and scoring. And I mean, every single person who's watching a football game knows when they get in that red zone, he wants to throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. If you can explain to me how Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field can be open by 10 yards in front of him, behind him, and on either side of him, someone's got to let me know because that coverage was absolutely horrendous. The one player that you need to take away was all by himself standing alone in the end zone. Incredible. Yeah, it made, made no sense that that was the case. But uh, unfortunately for the Raiders, they, they let that one slip away. Andy Reid continues to show uh, that he is tough to beat off of a bye week. Uh, they didn't cover the spread, but they won the football game. It was a big win for them. Uh, so we'll see what shakes out here. Um, you know, for the Raiders for the rest of the season, I still think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. Um you know, they continue to not be able to involve those young wide receivers. They tried a little bit with Brian Edwards yesterday. Henry Ruggs is missing in action. you got to look for him on a milk carton right now because there's nothing going on there. It, it is Aguilar and Waller and, and, and sprinkling in uh, Josh Jacobs, but that is the offense. I thought David Carr actually played a very good football game yesterday, but you know, they cannot, you know, they can't get those guys involved. And um, those were guys that they w- were being looked at as a potential help for this offense, and they have done literally nothing this year. Yeah, two, 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 two notes about the game that I thought were interesting. One is, you know, I know the Raiders were winning the game and, you know, they had the, they had the lead with, uh, you know, a minute 40 to go in the game. I get that. But early in the game, when you get down to the one-yard line, you've got to go for the touchdown. Like, kicking field goals against Kansas City is not the way to beat them unless you're up by seven with two minutes to go and that's going to make it a 10-point game or it's going to make it from a six to a nine-point game. You're going down the field, and when you're at the one-yard line, like you got to say, look, we, we just have to score. And I'm I'm just so surprised that they kicked that field goal to go up 17 to 14. Like, okay, if they stop you, they stop you, and they got to go 99 yards, and there's a decent chance that they will. But you are not going to beat Kansas City by kicking field goals. So when you get down to the one-yard line, you've got to draw up your best two-point play, your best goal line play, and your best short yards play and run it because – I just don't like kicking field goals against the Chiefs. So, I, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that play because I was screaming about the same thing as the game was going on. Uh, I don't know if they would have given it a second thought, but if you remember, they then got a penalty on, on, on that play for, I don't remember what the penalty, some kind of unsportsman. Oh, yeah, the, it was the bench. It was the Raiders. The bench got called for you know, it. Was po- it was a post-play, though. It was, post- it was the post-kick. Ah, okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So they still kicked the short. Okay, it was still a shorty. Yeah, I don't forget it. I don't. There's no reason in my eyes to be kicking a field goal against the Kansas City Chief offense in that situation. Just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. This is a team that you need to go toe to toe with. There's a reason why you drafted the players that you did when you came into this season. You knew you had to be better offensively to contend with the team. You have to score points. Your defense is not going to stop them. So it makes no sense to be kicking a field goal in that situation. None whatsoever. So yeah, I was. Yeah, good. 
Yeah. So anyway, so that's that tough win, but a good, and a good win for the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs, like I, you know, they they continue to get things done. Tyree Kill had a great game yesterday. Yesterday, a couple of really good catches. Um, Edwards Hilaire, uh, Hilaire uh, had a couple of really nice plays as well, scoring two touchdowns. So the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They got so many weapons. They're going to be very difficult to contend with. I still think they're the team to beat, as much as the Steelers are ten and zero. But we are heading probably for a Steeler Chief matchup. Uh, to finish out, and let's hope. Obviously, we get through this. You know, the one thing I'm I'm pretty thankful for. I think football has kind of helped, kind of get through um, all this craziness that we've been going through uh, for the better part of the last nine months. Um, you know, I'd like to see this season finished uh, and finish what we started. Uh, we're heading. We'll be heading into week twelve. It's kind of hard to believe we're here, but the NFL has done a remarkable job. And you know, like I said, it's a little bit of sanity in this crazy world that we've been involved in for uh, for the last few months. Yeah, definitely, no doubt about it. So I guess we'll uh, talk about the um, the game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you know tonight we got two pretty solid defenses in 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 the Rams and and, and the Buccaneers, uh, two teams that probably want to punch the other in the face a little bit with their defensive lines. We know Tom Brady doesn't like to get hit, um, and and we know Jared Goff is going to be without Andrew Whitworth. So. You know, what do you think of this game? As much as there's offensive talent here, there's also very good defensive talent on both of these teams. I think you own the Buccaneers in a couple of leagues. I actually own the Rams in a couple of leagues. Not using them tonight. Um, But, you know, is this a game that's going to be a little bit of a slugfest, or could we be surprised and actually see this be an offensive shootout? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I I, I would be surprised if it's an offensive shootout from both sides. Um, because I'm I'm just concerned, you know, if the Rams can't run the ball and Tampa Bay does not let you run the ball, and then, you know, losing the great left tackle for the game, Andrew Whitworth, and that pass rush, um, and Jared Goff's mobility isn't great. Uh, yeah, I'm concerned if the Tampa Bay Bucks get on and get on top of them, this could be a long, long um night for the Rams. Uh, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, I think the, the the Bucks will have some success. I think they'll be able to move the ball. Uh, I think they're going to try and run the ball a little bit more and stick with the running game and uh, slow that pass rush down and then do some stuff, play action, and then try and take their shots. And uh, you know, if you remember the game a few weeks ago when the Bears against the Rams, there were some real chances with Mooney to make some big plays and Tampa Bay has some great receivers, so I'm I'm pretty sure that Brady won't miss those throws. So I think that's the game they need the game plan. I think they're going to try and ground and pound them. I think they're going to do some play action and try and hit Gronk in the seam. And then on some plays, I think Brady's going to take his shots to all three of those uh, receivers and uh, and make some big plays in the passing game. So I think, um, you know, I just think it's, if you look at the setup, I just think it's a difficult setup for the Rams because – you know, they want to run the ball, but, but Tampa doesn't really allow it. They're pretty stout against the run. And, um, and missing that tackle, if they, if, they, if they get on top of the Rams and Goff becomes one-dimensional, it could be, it could be a difficult uh, day because those, those linebackers for Tampa Bay are so athletic. Um, they're so good. Uh, they cover so much ground that that in-between game that the Rams like to run, it's kind of tough to run that against Tampa Bay with those athletic linebackers. So uh, I like the matchup for Tampa, and I like them uh, minus four points tonight as well. 
Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I actually like the under in this ball game. I, I think this is going to be one of those games where we see that ugly Ram offense. We saw it a bunch of times last year. I think this is a tough challenge. We're going to have to see Jared Goff actually moving outside the pocket and actually throwing on the run a little bit more. I think it's going to be a tough test for them. Traveling across the country as well, never an easy thing to do for a West Coast team, even though it is a night game. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not liking the Rams' chances tonight. I like the Buccaneers. I like the under in the game. I think I just think it's going to be a very difficult challenge for the Ram offense in this particular ball game. That Buck defense is very difficult to contend with. Um, not, that the, not that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to have a great time either. So I see this as a little bit of a slog, but I, I'm with you definitely the Buccaneers in this ball game. I, I just think it's going to be one of those ugly games for the Ram offense this week. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally, you know, the Rams want to try and go play action and get those tight ends down the seam, uh, you know, mixing cup and woods as well. But I, I think in this game, they're going to try and, especially Higby, they're probably going to keep him in a lot to block and because uh, Gerald Everett is a, is a horrible blocker. So I'm thinking that they're going to have to keep their tight ends. Uh, if they're in 12 personnel, they're going to have to keep them in to block. Uh, and Higby, if he's in an 11 personnel, they're going to have to keep him in block. So it's going to just make it difficult um, for them to do anything really in the passing game uh, because they, they're not going to have the options and the weapons that they would in, in normal games because I think they're going to need those guys to stay in a block, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think this could be a game, you know, you mentioned Gronk. I think this could be a game, you know, as we start morphing into kind of DraftKings and, and, and stuff, uh, where where Gronkowski and Cameron Brate actually uh, on DraftKings will actually give you some opportunity. And I'd say on the flip side, I agree with you on, on the tight end stuff because I think the tight ends are going to have to stay home for the Rams a little bit more. One one player that's been pretty hot for the Rams has been has been Josh Reynolds. Uh, and I think maybe we see a little bit more of him again in this particular ball game as he'll be facing single coverage. And I think the one one guy you may have to you may see a little bit more of in this particular game for the Rams. There's been this trend of rookie running backs doing a little bit more, but we may see a little bit more of Cam Akers in this game. I, I just have a feeling that you know he had a couple of interesting plays last week. I think we'll see a little bit more Cam Akers uh, playing in this ball game. So those are four guys that I'm looking at from a DraftKings perspective that I'd be looking to sprinkle in with some of those stars in this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I think, you know, they want to play Cam Akers more in general. I mean, I think, you know, he just got off difficult, you know, injury and he didn't play well and he became a two-back committee and a three-back committee. So uh, while it's tough to trust any of those running backs for certain, uh, I think, that, you know, I, I just get the impression that they definitely want to play Cam Akers more uh, and, and they probably want to run the ball as well in this type of game. They're just not going to want to be one-dimensional with Jared Goff. I'm just not sure what the success rate is. But, yeah, I, I'm not against that if you felt, like, uh, strong about uh, sprinkling in. So you like the under. I like Tampa Bay uh, as far as player props or DraftKings guys. Is anyone that you love uh, either from a player prop perspective or a DraftKings lineup tonight? Yeah, the, the one the one guy, his number is kind of a, a tough number, but I mentioned Josh Reynolds. It's 46-and-a-half is the line, but he's just put up that. He, he's been over 50 yards a bunch of weeks you know, in, in a row, uh, and I think he's someone to look at. Um, I like the under for Antonio Brown, 58-and-a-half yards, and I also like the under for Tom Brady, 300-and-a-half uh, yards. So those are the three prop bets that I would look at. Uh, the over 
uh, Josh Reynolds, the under Antonio Brown, and the under for Tom Brady. How about yourself? I have a question. Oh, that number seems exceedingly, exceedingly high for Tom Brady. Now, I get it. Believe me, I get it. You got Gronk. You got Antonio Brown. You got Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. And you have two capable running backs who are capable of, of taking little swing passes or screens and going 15, 20 yards. But why do you think the total on Tom Brady is so high against, you know, a Rams defense that, you know, uh, has, you know, really good players in, in the secondary and, and Aaron Donald, right, you know, uh, as a pass rusher? Why, why, do you think, why do you think that total is so high on him? Uh, I could not, I could not understand it, which is, that's the one thing that kind of stood out for me. I mean, Tom Brady's actually thrown for over 300 yards, I think just two, two or three times this whole season. So it seems to be, a, 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 I would understand it if we we're playing against a lousy defense, but this is not a lousy defense. Jalen Ramsey will be matched up against one of those top receivers. We know that. But, yeah, I'd be, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked at how high that line is. So uh, I'm, I, I would say I'm, while I understand you being a little bit, you know, kind of skeptical and, and saying that. Hmm. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying like it's so high that it's definitely going to go over because somebody knows something. I, I'm just trying to understand, like, for instance, the total on that uh, for Brady is 308 in a game that, you know, people really respect both defenses. Patrick Mahomes was 320 in a game that the total was near 60 against the Raiders that just figured to be an up-and-down game. If you put it in perspective, it, it just seems like how can Brady's under and over be in the same ballpark or vicinity as Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders? I, I just I just, I just don't get it, like, you know, how they come up with that under and over. It, it just seems high to me like would i go out there and say yeah definitely bet the under it's all you know it, you no know, I, I wouldn't say that but i'm just wondering wow that's a to, to make an under and over you're saying it's like a 50 50 proposition that tom brady is going to throw you know for 300 and you know at least 10 yards or more against the rams and uh I'm just wondering, you know, like, why that total was in, like, 280-something or something that I would have probably put it at, like, a 308. Just, it just seems high. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you there. Complete agreement. Um, do you, do you... Uh, so as far as uh, you, you, you talked about your player props, who is a sure thing as far as DraftKings? Uh, and do you want to give, like, a little maybe uh, teaser out there if you're going to do Monday-Thursday action? I'm wondering, I haven't looked for the DraftKings yet, if they're going to do four games with the Monday-Thursday or maybe just with the thank the early games on Thanksgiving. But do you want to uh, give, like, some um, sure things and some sleepers on DraftKings and maybe uh, if you have some early ideas for Thursday? Yeah, so early ideas for Thursday. I'm going to tell you right now. I love Deshaun Watson this week, so that's the that's the quarterback that I'd be looking for. You love picking on the Lions. That's yeah, the Lions. Are, the Lions are going to be a Thanksgiving turkey uh, th this week. I just <laughs> there's going to be nothing good going on there. I've been critical of Matt Patricia for some time. Let's see if they get Galladay or Swift back. Uh, it looked to me this morning when I looked quickly, DraftKings was keeping the Thanksgiving games by themselves. So you got to play the three. You could I, you could probably do single games too, but I, I would like to. Play Play the three Thanksgiving games. Uh, this game seemed to be alone on its own. So, um, but but the guys I like, you know, like I said, sneaky guys. I think the tight ends on on both teams could be very interesting. Um, 
But I think overall, the sure thing for tonight, I would say if I had any sure thing, uh, I, I believe we're going to see a stinker of a game from Jared Goff in the Los Angeles Ram offense. I do not have a lot of faith in it. I really don't. Um, I, I'd probably be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense with, with some confidence tonight. So you're not really giving out a lot of guys to play. You're just telling people to avoid Jared Goff tonight. Yeah, I'm avoiding the Ram offense tonight. Generally trying to avoid the Ram offense. I say the one guy on Tampa Bay that I do like tonight, I think Chris Godwin showed some signs of life last week, and he's going to probably, like, we've talked about this before, Godwin runs a lot of his patterns more out of the slot, so Jalen Ramsey will not be on him that frequently, I don't think, in this particular ball game. But look for him to have the biggest game on offense for the, from the Tampa Bay side. All right, fair enough. We'll, uh, we'll we'll have to see how it plays out. As far as I'm, I'm concerned, um, um, yeah, I looked at the player props. I don't really have anything strong either way. Um, I like the Tampa Bay Bucks as far as laying the points tonight. Uh, as far as DraftKings go, I, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind Cooper Cup. Uh, I think he could do something. You know, someone's got to do something. I'm not sure where the production is going to come from. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit of Cooper Cup. Uh, and then as far as Tampa Bay, I, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I think the tight ends going to get involved. I like Ronald Jones uh, tonight. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ronald Jones had a big night. Matter of fact, I, the more I think about it, I'm really liking Ronald Jones in this game tonight. So those are my thoughts. I, I don't love anything strongly as far as the player props. Like, say, here's who you have to play at DraftKings. I think it's a difficult night. Uh, but the one thing I would say is, you know, I, I like I like Tampa Bay, just the matchups. And uh, I, I'll just I'll be surprised if the Rams have an easy time moving the ball against Tampa Bay tonight. That That'll be the one thing that will surprise me. Yeah, I, I look for Jared Goff to be on on the run very, very quickly in this ball game. That's what I would say, and uh, it, it's not a good setup. But let's see. We've been surprised before. Uh, it's the Monday night game. Uh, teams come to play on Monday night. They know they're playing in front of national television. So that's a big game for the Rams. The Rams are trying to keep pace uh, in, in that division, uh, both Arizona and Seattle. All three of those teams look like they're going to make the playoffs this year. But, you know, the Rams got to still continue to play good football because, uh, you know, you don't want to slip up here. And as you mentioned, that Whitworth injury is a big, big noteworthy injury here. Yep, absolutely. All right, so we'll um, we'll, uh, we'll see we'll see how that plays out. And I guess we'll be back uh, Tuesday or Wednesday to uh, talk about uh, the Week 11 results and, um, and some Thanksgiving stuff we do uh, yep. the, of the three games. Thanksgiving Day. Yep, lots to do, lots to do. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Wiz, enjoy the rest of the day, and enjoy the game this evening. You do the same.